There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think had I recorded anything at halftime, the pod would be very different to how it's going to come out today. I mean, I might wind myself up as I'm talking about this, but... The way in which the the game ended, the second half of it, just being a pretty limp, lifeless affair. Newcastle knew they'd done their job. Spurs knew they weren't going to get five back. Didn't stop Harry Kane from getting that one good goal. Um, It's kind of punctured a lot of that feeling of, of the first half. But if I try to really recapture the feeling at that moment, it was just... It was complete and utter shock and it was a sense of impotent rage. I, I was honestly like close to like foaming at the mouth. I was so pissed off and I, I've not felt that way for quite a while. I've had this almost like resigned head down. Okay, of course that's going to happen type thing to Spurs probably for most of this season. But the manner of that opening 20 minutes was unlike anything I've ever seen at Spurs. As much as we can talk about the awful 90s and noughties, that's the worst. That's the worst I've ever seen them play. I honestly think that probably not over the 90 minutes. They sort of rallied all right in the second half, considering they were 5-0 down and just been completely embarrassed on national television in that way, but, or international television really, I should say. I don't really want to make any excuses or find any positives in that. I don't think this is the time or the place to do that. Um, that's disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And I don't even know where you begin to unpack something like that because what actually was the reason for that the shape the introduction of a of a young player in a high pressure game like that feels harsh on Saar did well in the Champions League Playing four at the back with two wing-backs in Poro and Perisic. Could be up there. Hugo Lloris. I would say, if we're going to be kind, at fault for three of those goals at least. But dare I say, I could blame him for probably all of them. Um... I just I don't I don't really know what to say in this moment because that's it's just appalling. It's it's you know what? And I'll I'll be honest with this. I the my one of my biggest reactions in the first I, I honestly I felt like crying seeing that when they when they got five in. It was one of those days where I was just like, 
fuck, what's going to happen here, man? Like, this feels like like the North London derby under Nuno away at the Emirates. And it just had that sort of whiff in the air of like, fuck, are we going to lose 6-7-0 here to Arsenal? And this game against Newcastle. And you know what? After I just said on, on one of the preview pods the other day, I just said, I find it so weird, you know, actually, how we've never had a double-figure score in the Premier League yet. And I was just thinking, fuck me, is this the universe coming back to get me for saying that just the other day? It's all about me, I know, main character syndrome. I record a podcast on my own, you know, come on. Um, Because, what was it, 18? No, it wasn't, it was 19 minutes is what Newcastle, is what Manchester City... Fuck me, that's terrible, sorry. I had, ooh, I'm hard. I had quite a lot of whiskey last night. I was on a stag weekend. Um, well, Friday and Saturday. Um, so I'm a bit hazy today as well. But Manchester City, I believe the record for the quickest time to 5-0, they said it during the game, was against uh, Bournemouth. I want to say Bournemouth. Um, they went 5-0 up in within 19 minutes. And I think we went 5-0 down within 21 minutes against Newcastle. But the last, at least, well, the last two of those goals, so after the third one went in, Murphy scored that just a speculative kind of long ranger. Those second, the fourth and fifth goals, they were just running through us, actually running through us. It was It was startling. It was terrifying seeing that happen because we... Me and Shaw were just sat there like, we could get eight, nine, ten. <laughs> like, this is mad. This is mad. Never, ever seen Tottenham this bad. Zagreb, when Newcastle did us 5-1 before under Pochettino, there's plenty of games. I can't even be bothered to go through the... Well, I said one earlier, Arsenal away under Nuno. Can't be bothered to go throughout the annals of time to pluck out our worst performances ever. That's something for The Athletic to do, isn't it? For some midweek content. Um, where does this rank alongside the worst Tottenham performances of all time? Spoiler alert, lads. It's it's in the mix because that's just pathetic. That's absolutely pathetic. I don't... Nah, fuck it. I don't care. I'll say whatever I want. I was going to say I can't be bothered to start going over like Conte stuff again, but I've seen a lot of the, see, he was right, he said always, he's fucking partly to blame for this, man. Like, he spent the past season slating this lot publicly, behaving the way he has done behind closed doors as well, from everything we've read. He's part of the fucking problem here, but he's not the only problem. And when I do criticise him, I'm not saying he is... The, the sole reason that I don't think Daniel Levy is to blame for this. I don't think any of the players are to blame. I think we're in a, as I've said, I think I've used this exact expression plenty of times on here. We're in like a perfect storm of shit at the moment where it feels like everything is coming to a head. We haven't even, fucking Harry Kane hasn't even left yet. Son hasn't even left yet. I, I just shudder to think. I honestly do. Um, Jonathan Wilson wrote an interesting piece 
uh, in the, I want to say the Guardian. I don't think he writes for the Telegraph, does he? Um, where he was just looking at what's the problem with Tottenham? What is happening? What's going on? And it's interesting to see somebody from the outside say a lot of the things that a lot of us are feeling. And I say this because I obviously speak to a lot of Tottenham fans, right? I know what the general consensus is amongst most of the people I talk to and whose opinions I tend to like is that there is something just rotten and misplaced at the club now. And a large part of that is down to our just clear lack of identity. And I think, like, Wilson in this piece, he goes on to make this fairly... And I I do think it's a pointless comparison. His opening sort of gambit on it is cut back, whatever, 15 years ago. Tottenham were this, you know, forward-thinking, progressive club with an emphasis on youth and smart acquisitions who had just gone to the Etihad and sealed their place in the Champions League after beating the, the soon-to-be money delete of Manchester City. They went on and had fun and embarrassed Mike on, blah, blah, blah. But in the 15 years since, Manchester City have gone on to win the Premier League six times. He does later on in the in the article talk about how it's been unfair on Spurs that they've try to do everything right and these kind of money teams have come along. But the fact he still even made the comparison, it felt like a bit of a cheap gag. It felt a bit unnecessary and it felt like... It's because it's such a pointless comparison. It's such a pointless comparison to between Spurs and Manchester City. Um, however, he one of, the, one of the points he made is in, in Tom Foynes highlighted on his Twitter was that Spurs have lost their sense of who they are as a club as though the grandeur of the stadium has made Daniel Levy feel they need a big-name manager as a shortcut into the elite. And that is possibly the most succinct way of encapsulating everything that I feel with regard to at least Daniel Levy and the running of the club now. And it's something that I've been talking about for well, pretty much the past few years in the wake of Pochettino. And I don't think it's by any stretch of the imagination any sort of radical or fringe thinking. Thinking? Fringe thinking to suggest that Daniel Levy's done a great job getting Tottenham to where they are right now. He's built a, taken a shit club and made them really good and made built them a big stadium. But now that we're here, yes, I'm repeating the same fucking shit over and over and over again but it's just it's out of fucking head now isn't it like whether we get Pochettino back or not obviously I have this love for Pochettino as many people do but it's more the fact that this is just it just characterizes the approach to to everything now to operations at Tottenham in the most part that that there's just going to be a, a, a simpler solution to this. Oh, let's bring in Con. Let's bring in Mourinho. Let's bring. In, I mean, I don't want to fucking dial into this one too much. I understood the Mourinho thing. I got it right. But when that went the way that it did, that was the time for the rebuild. Right, we knew that. But we fucking asked about all fucking summer. Didn't imagine Paratici. Let's be honest, right. He's gone now. 
Good fucking riddance. We can say all we want about him finding great players and stuff. He fucking lucked out with Bentanko and Kulisevsky, who... Kulisevsky looks shy now. Kulisevsky looks like Juventus Kulisevsky, but he's a very young player. He's very talented. Bentancur, obviously injured, but an exceptional footballer. Other than that, most of his time at the club was a fucking shambles. And we've signed again somebody in him because, oh, he did some good things at Juventus. We've always been so blinded to the fact that everybody in Italy was saying that he was bent at the time. Everybody knew that Juventus team were bent. And we went and got him anyway. Because, oh, he's he's done some stuff and he's probably put together a very nice proposal that's fucking massaged all the ego of people at Tottenham. Oh, well done. You've built this big stadium. You're a super club in waiting. I'm the type of man. Look, I delivered all this shit with you. It's just fucking bollocks, man. It's such bullshit. And just watching that, you know what? I have been, and anybody that's listened to this for any amount of time will know how on the fence, if anything, like I say, probably more pro-Levy I have been in the past. Seeing stuff like that, the Cambridge University talk the other day, man, like people can say whatever the fuck they want to try and justify that. What the fuck is he doing? It was recorded a month ago. Well, Paratici was fucking suspended in January. So we're going to pretend it, oh, because it was a month ago, that it makes it any better. That our chairman's out there doing these, as I called it on Twitter, pithy Q&As, self-aggrandizing. It's, it's bollocks. When we never hear anything, like, yeah, and I get it, it's, it's not just him, it's not just a Daniel Levy thing. Chairman in this company, in this company, in this country, generally don't speak to the press. I don't know what chairman in other countries are like, I guess... The Germans and stuff are maybe more beholden to the fans. I'm not sure if fan AGMs are an actual thing there or something they have to do with the fan ownership of the clubs, but I don't care at the moment. In the UK, owners don't generally talk to the press. I understand that, right? But at the moment, when the man you've hired to operate things at the club is literally facing, I don't want to say criminal charges, I don't know, charges of a certain nature, of a... uh, of, of at least that are having him in trouble in in sporting courts of arbitration or or what have you. I I say this because I don't know the full technicalities of all of this type of thing and law and so. Surprise, surprise! I'm not a fucking lawyer, you know. Um. But the man that you've you've brought in to do this is is under intense scrutiny. We we're wondering what the direction of the club is going to be. We don't have a manager. So on and so forth. And yes, this was recorded a month ago. However, it was recorded, I think, who I'm not sure who it was, which one of the podcasts that was saying it. it was recorded the week of leading up to the Southampton game, I believe. It's not like it was all rosy then either, right? And and as I jump back to, Paratici was put in fucking suspension in January. And yet the German is out there talking about what a great thing we've done that reasonable Spurs fans or whatever it is should expect expensive ticket price. It's just 
it's more than you can fucking bear at the moment. It really is, and it's galling, and it feels just like a total slap in the face. And I tell you what came across the most. One of the one of the main things I've always heard from anybody, not anybody, because I don't want to fucking throw anyone under the bus, but various people I know who have any insider knowledge of just Tottenham and football in general are always quick to say that Daniel Levy's general approach to this stuff is I've done a fucking great job here and I don't know what people are complaining about. And you can see that to an extent the stadium, the this, the that, blah, 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 blah. But that just give you a pass for life. And this is this is what so much of the thinking seems to be at Tottenham. It seems to be, well, something was great for a while, so let's just keep doing it for a bit and then react. Prime example of this, Hugo Lloris. A proper top club. And I say a proper top club because Manchester United are no longer a proper top, top club. And they've got exactly the same problem with David De Gea as we have with Hugo Lloris. As soon as somebody like Edison starts putting in the type of performance, if he even had half a season of looking wobbly, Manchester City would get rid of him. Let's use another example, because Manchester City, yes, we all know they have a warped idea of... They've warped what's possible or imaginable with football, right? Arsenal, yes. Boo hiss. Burnt Leno. Very good goalkeeper. But they decided he wasn't good enough. They dropped a lot of money on Aaron Ramsdale. It seemed quite a surprise to people at the time, really, because the general consensus was Burnt Leno's a good keeper. He's got a wobble in him, but he's a good keeper. But they decided he wasn't good enough and they spent the money. I'm not saying Aaron Ramsdale's amazing, but he's done a good job. He, but I, you know, to me, he's still got a wobble in him, to be honest. Um, so I'll see if they'll replace him even, even sooner. But okay, it's difficult. Hugo Lloris is club captain. He's been an, an, an incredible servant to the club. He's been an amazing player. He's going to have some amazing highlight reels and all that type of shit when he does leave. But look at it today, man. This an injury that's saving his blushes. We fuck knows what's happened in the changing room. I'm sure this week. We're going to hear all the Hoybier and Lloris squared up to each other or all this type of thing. But we, we shouldn't be in a position where we're clamouring for Fraser Forster, who is a, as I say, good goalkeeper, above average goalkeeper, Premier League standard goalkeeper, an international grade goalkeeper. We shouldn't be in a place where we're clamouring for Fraser Forster. As a club, at least that has these lofty ideas. I'm talking about it from this perspective, from the perspective of the club, the club that has these ideals that we're this lofty club that the fans should pay this much. It's not the fans should be great. The fans should pay this much and they should be grateful. They should be grateful for this stadium we've given them. They should be grateful for the fact that, yeah, we've played Champions League football in the past few years. It doesn't really matter if it's a mess now because you've had some good stuff. It doesn't work like that does not work like that you don't have infinite credit in the bank especially when it doesn't feel like we're going anywhere 
you have more credit in the bank if people feel like there's a proactive approach to getting us back to where we were that doesn't just rely upon let's hire Luis Enrique. Let's... Oh, I don't I fucking... I don't even know, man. It just feels like just repeating ourselves over and over and over and over and over again. But Daniel Levy isn't going anywhere. Enoch can't going anywhere. So what do we as fans do is always the question. Shut up, like it and lump it. Because this is fucking joyless. That's awful today. That's awful. And I go back to his phrase. It's, it's a sense of just like impotent rage. Of just wanting to lash out somewhere and not knowing where and how to vent that. Like with so much stuff. Like with fucking oil companies making record profits while our heating bills go up and blah, 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 all this other shit. Tory MP selling their PPE contracts to blokes that run pubs because they're mates of them. What the fuck do we do in the middle of all this? Just sit, yeah, okay. Like it and lump it, you know? It's just, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. But we will fucking take it, won't we? Because there's nothing else we can fucking do. I'll sit here and fucking chat into a microphone and you might find some solace in it. And I guess that's maybe what we can do. (laughs) And that shouldn't be looked at as something negative. I mean, don't stop listening to my podcast, all right? Please. It's definitely not a negative listening to me, is it? Um Just trying to find answers in all of this, in these sort of times, is close to impossible because it just feels like there's so much wrong at the moment. It feels like the club just doesn't really have a clue. They don't really understand what they're doing and what we need to do. What they want to continue to do is say, we're this great club that has Son and Kane come to our amazing world-class stadium and cheer on the, you know, fuck, I just... But the problem is they seemingly, I mean, who knows? Maybe... I'll be proven wrong in a in a few weeks time and I'll be very fucking happy if I am. But it feels like at the moment the mood of the club is we are above smashing it down and and building from the bottom again. And what is it going to take for them to realize that it's done now? The quick fix thing is done. It's finished. It's not happening. So, hire somebody that hasn't won shit, that is hungry. Actually do your jobs. The people that work in and around the Tottenham hierarchy, Greta Steinson, whoever you are, probably being paid a a gargantuan salary to come in and mix things up. Your Scott Munns, 
I know he hasn't started yet, but I'm going to fucking call him out anyway. It's got mun. Oh, it's just all so predictable, isn't it? Just bring someone in and give them the keys. Let them start again. If they think... If they think we might be better off without Kane and Son, maybe it's time we listen to somebody like that. I don't fucking think that. I don't want that to happen. It's just an example. But maybe we just have to give power to somebody. We have to cede control to somebody that has a plan and has a vision. But I just can't believe we're in this place. I cannot believe we are in a place now where we can look at a team like Brighton with all due respect and say, look how well that club is run. I mean, I don't need to fire shots at Brighton. Just, I'm just saying it from the perspective of for the most part of my life, Brighton have just been a fairly run-of-the-mill lower league team. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That have just changed their fortunes drastically. I'm sure a lot of money's coming from somewhere. I haven't really you know, I haven't really done a deep dive on Brighton. I'm sure at some point money has come along, but the team is run very, very well. And it's the fact that we're still seeing, maybe we're going to buy Clement Longley. Maybe we're going to buy that other lad from Sporting. Maybe, like, what are we doing? What are we doing just buying players? We don't know what the the next manager wants us to play, what type of football, what formation he wants us to play, what type of personalities he's going to mesh with. And maybe we won't sign these players. Maybe it's just fucking agents doing what they do, talking up their own players, trying to drum up interest. Yeah, there probably is an element of that in there. But I don't think it detracts from the point that Tottenham seem to just have no idea whatsoever what we are anymore. And it's more painful days like today when you see the stark reality of what we're up against. Like Newcastle, they signed a lot of these players before the money came, but also not. <laughs> they have spent a lot of money. There's a big bounce that's obviously come as a result of that. Eddie Howe has done a good job. But like, 
This is the start of their fucking project. And look at what they're doing already. They're going to be in the Champions League this year. They are. Like they're finishing in the top four. And they're not going to get shitter from here. They're going to turn into another Manchester City. Chelsea remains to be seen. What happens with them? Under Todd Bowley. And dare I say Maurizio Pochettino. If he takes over. I still like to feel he'd jump at the chance to come back to Spurs. But we've publicly spurned him. You know? I don't I don't harbour any ill will to him if he goes there. I don't. Sorry, I just don't. We publicly spurned him. Flav on the fighting cock had a particularly crass analogy about it, so you can go and listen to them um talk about it. But it was funny. A crass analogy. No hark at me. Lots of these lots of these big sighs, these big pauses in this podcast, isn't it? Because it's just it's sad. It's sad seeing where we were just a few years ago. Not that long ago at all. Mauricio Pochettino in charge. There's no place like home. Him coming in, bellowing in the changing room after we've just won at the Etihad, doing his big cojones stuff. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm just emptying my uh, emptying my trash because I'm worried about. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't fucking cleaned up my hard drive for a while, so I'm worried that I'm going to run out of space while I'm recording this because this is all coming from the heart. And if this fucks up this recording. I'm not going to be able to do this again. Um, what are Tottenham? Where are we going? How do we get there? Feels like that needs to be on a fucking whiteboard somewhere in Lily White House now. And people who are paid a lot of fucking money need to sit down and really work that out. And maybe that's what Scott Munn has been brought in for. But, you know... Some guy that's worked at Manchester City for a bit. Like, fuck knows, man. Like, really? Is he another Paratici? Somebody that's just made a nice fucking PowerPoint presentation because they shipped him off to work in China and he doesn't like it out there. So he's thought, fuck, I want to just go and work for a, for another Premier League club or I want to go to Europe or something. I'm not saying that as a slight. That sounds like I'm saying something fucking rude about China as a country but I mean it's in terms of the football league I mean let's let's be honest like you know it's shite isn't it maybe he wants to just be back in the thick of it with a you know Champions League club uh, Tottenham yeah let's go there let's see let's see I've heard you can wow Daniel Levy with a fucking flashy powerpoint like Yeah, who are we? Where do we want to go? How do we get there? If it's not Pochettino, fine. Let's see what fucking Vincent Company can do. Let's see what, I don't know, one of these other names that is fucking doing something in Europe can do. Somebody that hasn't won a Champions League. How about that? Somebody that hasn't yet won a league title. Maybe they've just won the equivalent of their FA Cup or a League Cup or something. Let's get someone like that in. You know, 
Is it going to be Nagelsmann? I don't know. Would I be up for Nagelsmann? I'll get on board with it, but it doesn't spark. The funny thing is, I'm not even that, I'm not even that, I'm not clamouring for company. I'm not, I'm not completely sold on the idea of company. I think objectively speaking, Nagelsmann would probably be a safer and you would say better appointment if you're playing fucking top trumps than company. But company sparks something more in me. There's more of an excitement there about it. There's more of a sense that he's got a point to prove. He was a fucking titan as a player. A club captain for one of the best Premier League sides of all time. If that can translate, great. Julian Nagelsmann. I'm sure uh, a an incredibly smart and enterprising young man to to get to. You know, he's younger than I am, and he's already managed Bayern Munich Football Club. He's obviously very, very good at what he does. Does that mean I want him at Spurs? Well, I'm not. It doesn't mean I don't want him at Spurs. But it also carries with it after. Mourinho, after Conte, the sense that will he still feel like he's a bit above us? When the chips are down, will it still be a sense that what am I supposed to do here with this club and the way it operates? I don't know. I like, I'm not saying I don't really know that much about the guy. Like... I hear he's a, you know, I hear this stuff like in the wake of him leaving Bayern Munich. Oh, he's a difficult character behind the scenes. But Giza's 35 years old. And like I say, he's 35 and he's managed Bayern Munich. He's not gotten there through being a wallflower, has he? You know, you have to sort of think about this stuff on a on a human level. Types of people that I'm sure all of us know who are successful. A lot of them are quite not tricky characters per se, but they're just wired in a certain way. It's not really anything about Julian Nagelsmann as a person, as an individual, that worries me about him. It's the themes, it's the thematic stuff that follows us and it follows these big managers that concerns me. But he is young. He probably does have a point to prove. He's been let go from a... I'm sure it's probably quite a chastening experience for him to be let go from that Bayern Munich job. I'm not sure. Was he a boy Bayern fan? I think I want to say. Um, like the dream job and all that sort of thing. And for it to come to an end in what many would consider a fairly unjust fashion. I'm sure he does probably have a point to prove. Can he step back in and, you know, regalvanize us? Think about Jurgen Klopp, different, older, probably further along in his journey, but sort of similar in a way. Was fantastically successful at Dortmund, but things sort of ended in a bit of a in a hump. Liverpool made the decision to go all in on him, and you know, look what happened since. It's, 
probably one of the greatest managers the Premier League's ever seen. He should have won probably three Premier League titles. He just hasn't because Manchester City exists. Maybe, maybe, maybe there can be something in that for us, for Tottenham. But it's hard to say. It's hard to say at this point because we've just come off the back of getting bashed 6-1 at St. James's Park to a club that have historically basically been the club that people say Tottenham are. You guys want fuck all in there. I mean, in the almost prehistoric times, yeah, they've won a few FA Cups and that, but for most of the modern era of football, they've been a nothing club. And this kind of triumphant talk from Sky, you can't expect anything different from Sky. Sky are always going to back the money agenda. It's a product. They're selling you a product. They're saying you're the best league in the world. Trademark. So they're going to say, well, actually, we probably need to have a conversation about the you know, the ownership of Newcastle and what the landscape of fairness looks like in, in the Premier League now that we're having these state-backed money elite clubs turning up and skewing competition beyond all comprehensible sense of fairness. Okay, so it's no it's no great surprise, but it's just this sort of even even like it's permeating like through the fan base, our oh, proper old club Newcastle. Proper proper good to see them back up where they belong. Not like Tim Pot Spurs. What? Like a, like a, I just it, you just feel like you're just screaming into the fucking void half the time as this person. I think this is why it feels all the more pointed. Like all the most successful fucking clubs in English football of all time, and we fucking treated like dogs. Like we really are, and it really fucking irritates me. We were just treated like some fucking inconvenience, and you know. I don't know, I've seen it floated, it's, maybe it's anti-Semitism, could well be, maybe maybe there is, dare say there probably is an air of that. I think there's also just this sense that there's, not, we, we are supposed to be in a certain place, we are supposed to be the kind of, the nearly, the nearly man, the also ran, the close but no cigar guy, and when we start trying to think ourselves above that, just upsets people. People don't like change. People don't like things being different. You know? Newcastle's alright because when the Premier League started, when, you know, lots of people at work in the media now were probably watching and consuming football and television as fans with the hope to get into the type of industry, Newcastle were probably one of the bigger clubs. I would love it if we stopped them, all that type of thing. Some sort of big Champions League nights there. David Ginola, I think, scoring like a few worldies to them. Aspria, all that type of stuff. But since that point, they've done absolutely nothing. And just this sense that they're like usurping us as this upstart, as this, you know, whatever, something that thinks it's something what it's not. But we got fucking Newcastle now, back where they rightfully belong. Just get to fuck, man. Like, the whole sport's fucked. It just. 
This is just turning into a rambling mess now, isn't it? I'm sorry. Um, look, I wasn't really sure if I was going to do... I'll, I'll do a quick skim over the players because, like I say, really, it feels harsh to really fucking go over anybody because I have no idea what we were and what we were doing. Hugo Lloris, I love you, Hugo. Thanks for the memories, mate. But I hope I never see you in a Tottenham shirt again. I think his time is well and truly up. Like I say, he was at fault for at least three of the goals today. Or at least played a big part in three of the goals today. At least three of the goals, in my opinion. Just, it's, no. No. Pedro Porro, not playing in a position that he knows or is used to awful Christian Romero awful doesn't have a head for leadership needs I want to see him alongside a proper proper defender proper centre-back partner maybe somebody a bit older than him somebody he can learn from Emmerich Laporte how <laughs> fucking fucking deluded man I think Emmerich Laporte's gonna come to fucking Tottenham seriously like but Someone like him. But days like today, just watch Romero. His, his head's completely gone. We need somebody like him to be a leader on the pitch, and he was not that. I understand that he's young, but also... Yeah, Eric Dyer. It's almost like he just didn't even play, you know? What's the point? Even Perisic, you know what? Even though he was playing in a position that wasn't you know, something he's well-suited to, and as much as I've dug him out this year, I thought he did as best he could today. That's all I can say on it. Papa Matsar, no time to really talk about anything that he did. I don't think he was particularly bad. I think he's been thrown under the bus. Don't like the way we've managed his career at all. I think it's borderline reprehensible. I can't wait to see him under a manager that actually galvanises youth players and gives them a chance and doesn't just fucking treat him like sacrificial lambs because fucking disgraceful Oliver Skip just a headless chicken today wasn't he but it's not fair on him like what was he supposed to do Pierre Mohoibier we're not going to sell him but I'd like us to sell him Dejan Kulisevsky appalling just couldn't seem to get the ball out from under his feet. Did nothing. Created nothing. Let's hope he's much better next season. Hummin Son. Couple of little flashes where I thought it looked like he was going to be okay today. Picked the ball up well, but pace isn't quite what it was. Um, Newcastle were just on him. He, he couldn't really do much. Harry Kane... Pretty much awful for most of the game, but still made and scored an absolutely brilliant goal. Um, 24th Premier League goal of the season. A lot is always said. The commentators quick are very quick to do the whole, what must Harry Kane be thinking right now? I could not give a fuck, to be honest, at the moment. Like, is what it is. He's a, he's a great goal scorer. Blah, blah, blah. But also, he's supposed to be a fucking leader. Um, 
today somebody needed to step up and take that fucking team by the scruff of the neck. It weren't Hugo Lloris, was it? Kane could have stepped up, but I think he's too resigned to what Spurs are now, and I think he's too resigned to leave him because I just didn't see it there. Um, so it's going to be fucking terrible when he goes. Awful. And I think this year we'd be a fucking... We'd be below Chelsea. We'd be in a dangerous place without him. But look, if he wants out, I don't think we should stop him this year because... What's the point? Uh, I, well, the point is he's one of the best footballers on the face of the planet. But I don't know. I don't want to make any rash decisions about Harry Kane today. Not like it even matters. Or I, I've decided that uh, we're going to sell you this summer, Harry. So um, I hope you don't mind. I think, yeah, like I say, I've, got, I've it's just been a load of like rambling. And do you know what? Actually, to be fair, let's give him his dues. Dav Sanchez, after a pretty horrific reception and everything that happened the other week performance to come on and actually do quite well in the second half fair play to him fair play Dav um, Fraser Forster as well just second he's on the pitch so much calmer everything feels more composed feels like we're in more control the official line is that Hugo Lloris is injured but, you know, come on. Come on. Let's be real here. But I think that is quite enough for for one day. Um, I need to collect my thoughts and probably do a pod with somebody else. We'll do that. See how that goes. Because this is, yeah. Yeah. It's not good, is it? It's not good. Um, thank you to everybody that has subscribed to the preview pod on the Buy Me A Coffee website. There's going to be a preview pod. I'm trying to get like a mailbag thing going. But basically, fuck all people. Of Tom Riddleton. Hello, Tom. Got your message. Thank you very much, mate. Um, tetrunk at gmail.com or send me a DM on Twitter or send the podcast a DM. Voice note or written, whatever. Do some questions on that. And I'll do some other like various different little podcasts and things like that over time. It's, just, it's a newly founded project and I'll be looking for different ideas, especially over the summer, things like that. But yeah, buy me a coffee website, buymeacoffee.com dash Ted Trunk. You can sign up there. Um... If you want a break from Tottenham Hotspur, but you don't want a break from me, you can listen to the BYOB Bring Your Own Blockbuster podcast with me and Tottenham Hotspur's own Ben Haynes. Tottenham Hotspur's own. He's his own man, but still, you know, you may have seen him in N17 Live. Talking about all your favourite films of yesteryear, revisiting them found on all your favourite podcast platforms or on YouTube where we have a video offering as well. So have a listen there. Um, thanks very much. If you do enjoy these podcasts, please, please do like, subscribe, leave a review, share them, 
because it helps it helps to just continue to to spread the word and thank you to everybody that does spread it every now and again i get sent a screenshot from a reddit thread or something like that that says lots of nice things about me so thank you for anybody saying nice things about me on reddit or anywhere else where you choose to say nice things about me good god this is a mess bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.